You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. After tomorrow then, Pat. This um, press conference, not long finished, to be fair. Uh, we've heard of the, the, the team news. Bailey, Trorey back in contention. Whether they start, I don't know. Matty Cash is fine. We knew that would be the case anyway. Keenan Davies will play against Sunderland at Bodymore tomorrow, 23. But yeah, what, what do you make of the team, Pat? Um, will he start Bailey and Trorey? What, what are you thinking with regards to the team news? It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? To <clears throat> following the press conference, to have a bit of a positive one where people are in meltdown on Twitter. It was a bit of a, a nice surprise to see a change in the scenery after that. But yeah, I don't think um, I think Bailey's more inclined to start than Troyora. I don't think yeah. Troyora will start. I'm hoping Bailey starts. We'll go into that later. But yeah, positive team news and fully straight, fully uh, fully fit squad to pick from, and it's a good chance to get back on track. Yeah, I mean, Smith's got bullish today. Um, a bit back about some reporters asked him about Villa's mentality, that collapse against Wolves. He goes, no, not having it. It was just a random goal at the end that, that caused that. And Freak second phase, second phase, conceded from second phase set pieces. So he wasn't, wasn't concerned at all. He, he came out on a bit of the defensive, really. He said, uh, there's no way on earth we, we, we should have lost four out of eight games this season. And he still, he still goes back to the Chelsea. The first half against Chelsea has been his best performance. So he's, he's, he's clinging on to some, some positivity, trying to get that amongst the group, I'm guessing. There's no need to be panic stations, as I called it last week. It, everything's fine. He said, the season so far has been okay. Nothing more, nothing less than okay. So another telling comment from his broadcast section was, he's got the squad now to finish in the top half. So, I mean, that, that's bare minimum, isn't it? I guess finishing 10th and, and top half of the table should be where Villa are aiming for, minimum. So, I've seen Turns Ivy's interview yesterday. He's still clinging on to the European qualification. So, there's hope. Um, the defeat last week was alarming, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that and look ahead to Arsenal tomorrow. What, do you, what are you seeing at Arsenal, Pats? Obviously, last season, we, we walloped them down at the Emirates. So, I thought we one of the best, best, best Villa performances in a long while. Yeah. Arsenal, a bit of form, but yeah well, how are you seeing it going? Yeah, just get back to your point about it's not time to panic and everything. I don't, I don't think it is time to panic. I think I did a report last week saying if you look at this time last season for West Ham, they were exactly where we are on maybe one more point than we are. And look at the second half of the season they had and pushed for Europe. So it's a case of, and I think like you said, we've got the Dean Smith said he's got the squad to push for a top half. Or I think we've got the squad depth to make sure that like the second half of the season it's not a drop off. It's we kind of push on after January. Don't know what's going to happen in January transfers or whatever, but I don't think it is time time to panic. I think it's uh, Saturday was an anomaly and like a one one in a million type thing. I think last time I saw something like that happen, the one that rings the bell was was it McLeish or Lambert era? It was against Bolton, I think Warnock scored, and then within two minutes later we were two one down. I was just looking around like yeah. I was quite young at the time. I was going for what is going on? Happened, yeah. yeah, but uh, Arsenal, it's good. It's good. Good time to get back on track. I think we. Dean Smith's got an unbeaten record against Arteta, 100% win record there against them. I think the way Arsenal play, it's it's a bit it's a bit hard to gauge. It's a bit like a, a bit of fear of the unknown for me, to be honest. It's like they've played City, Chelsea, Spurs, Brighton. These are good teams that you might not be able to see how they actually like their actual style of play. So I think they're third for pressing in the league but then then again they play played against City and Chelsea so you're not you're not able to press those teams but if Villa can get onto them like Palace did and press them from the off and bring the intensity then I think we'll do quite well yeah 
because I think both of Palace's goals came from uh, pressing them while they're on the ball. So you start with Ings and Watkins up front. You think he'll stick with the system? You think, yeah, he's going he's gonna to persevere with that, yeah? Yeah, I think I can't see him dropping Watkins. I don't, I don't know if he'd be willing to make the... As you said before, hasn't he? He's, he's not willing to put Watkins... He doesn't want to put Watkins out wide, but if Villa are going to swap to this 4-3-3, they might have to to get the likes of Bailey into the system or Buendia as a winger or whatever. He might have to push Watkins out wide. And to be honest, I think it might work. Like Watkins has played there before. I think it was Thomas Frank that made him a number nine. And his pressing, like I said, the pressing might be key. If you've got Watkins running the line, helping Target or Matty Cash track him back as a winger, and he's got the quality on the ball, he's just probably a bit low on confidence. But yeah, I think it could work with him as a winger. So if Dean Smith wants to make that big decision, then he can. But yeah, I think you've got to play Ings as well, to be honest. Yeah, again, Smith was bullish today. He was asked about that that partnership, and um, he said they're scoring goals. They got they got four four from uh, they got four from five games to playing together, so they are scoring as long as that, they're scoring goals. That, that that's fine for me. He did say about about the, the interplay between them, not not perhaps there at the moment, but that'll come. So, yeah, I see him sticking with, with the two up front. It gives Arsenal something to think about as well, and hopefully they can click into game. But like like Smith said, they're scoring goals, and that's what you want from your front two. So. It's just, just what, what's happening behind their midfield and then what's happening there. So we'll see. Come uh, the team news tomorrow, seven o'clock when it comes out. But I, I expect them to start, start as well. Just to answer to Toby's question, any news on Bailey? Yeah, uh, Bailey's fit and uh, ready to go. Um, he's trained this past week and he's in contention again. So he'll be in the squad tomorrow, Toby. It's where the Smith starts him after be over a month now since his layoff and. I think Dan, Dan, on, Dan on the podcast, he gave me a bit of a ribbing before. He said, he, I said, he's, uh, did I say now? Ruptured. He's not strained. He's ruptured it. He's ruptured, ruptured. his thigh. I'm sticking by it. Everyone's a melt now. <laughs> so, had a bit of a good crack about that. But Bailey finally back. And hopefully we can see him, see him tomorrow. So, yeah. And Bertrand Troy back, obviously. Matty Cash back. Santan's back in the squad now. So, that's a bit of a boost. And, and yeah. So, all's good on the team move front, Toby. Um, just quickly answer Ethan's point here. He made an effort to comment. Yeah, we've seen it today. 22,000 on the scene ticket waiting list. So, surely the club has to do something beyond the scenes yet. Yet to hear uh, regarding the Villa Park Stadium update. Plans are in place. Six months ago, now we heard from the owners. Uh, they're going to increase the stadium. So, plans are being, are being finalised now. So, we should, should hear something in the new year, I guess, Ethan. With nothing imminent. But, yeah, ticket in a big issue at Villa Park of late. And away tickets as well. So hard to go away now. To getting tickets when I used to go down there, it was the Paul Lambert era, and um, and yeah, it was, tickets were easy to come by then because we, we was the only poor, poor side that would go down and, and watch <laughs> it really. But uh, a memorable game, I'm guessing, Pat, you got a quiz question for me here from a Paul Lambert game, so throw it up and see if I can get it. When Villa played this Friday's opponents, Arsenal back in the open day of 2013, who were the Villa's goal scorers? Whoever watching now, get this Villa played in their Battenberg kit. We just on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, the purple. It wasn't a fan of that one, was it? No, the Bamber was like a racing jersey. I quite liked it, to be fair. I didn't mind it. I thought it was all right, but he tore it to shreds, didn't he, uh, Rob? I see drank in the Arsenal Tavern. We drank in an Arsenal pub before. <laughs> Opening down the season, always full of optimism, even even if Lambert was in charge. Um, Benteke missed a penalty. I think no one got one nil down, you know. Benteke missed a penalty, but he, he scored the rebound. Tony Moon scored. And there's one more. I think Benteki scored two. I could I be wrong. As well. But yeah, I've got Benteki two. Benteki missed the penalty, scored the rebound. 
And then Tony Moon went on a mad one at the end <laughs> and uh, scored. I was there, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant scenes. And it was a decent side back then, you know. Benteki leading the line. You had Gabby and Wyman, I think. And you had That's the Westwoods in the field and whatnot. And, and yeah, um, yeah. That's when you could get away tickets down at the Emirates. That was easy to get to. We had, we had a coach running from the Feezy Lions, from the Cat and Fiddle. We used to go everyone. We used to go most of the away games. But now that's probably an impossible task. So, yeah, I mean, any more comments dropping in? Joanne's asked you here. Nice one, Joanne. How is Trez getting on recovery? He's been at uh, over in Dubai. I'm not sure what the name of the, the complex is now. Um, Khabib, the UFC fighter. He, he trains over there. Van Dijk has been over there for his recovery. Was a Djokovic, tennis player, and people like that. So he's gone to a five-star Dubai recovery rehab centre, and I think he's still over. I think Villa, Villa had to Photoshop him into the, uh, the, the, the team picture the other week because he, he wasn't there. He's back in Dubai working on his knee rehab. So um, he's doing fine. Smith spoke about him today. He said he's going well. I think he's six months into a nine-month injury, so I can't expect to see him into, into the new year. So... January onwards, I think, for, for Trez. Um, what do you reckon after that, Dash? Do you reckon he'll be back in a villa top, get in contention? It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't write, I wouldn't write him off coming in as a right wing-back. You know what he can do yeah, there? Defensive work. Defensive work he's, he's been known for. So it's going to take him time. I'll probably give him a loan move out and get, get, his, get his fitness up and get, get, he needs to play games. That's mm. why he's going out now. Not going to play games. He needs to play games and... Jockey's not playing games at Bruges at the moment because it, 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 it took its toll on him. So we'll see. Um, yeah, for Matt Smith, full, 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 full Villa squad for Arsenal. Um, and we should be able to compete at last. Come on, you Lions. So, yeah, these would be buzzing about that, that team news update. He's finally getting the, the talent he's got at his disposal. He met up with Wes Edens last week as well. Wes Edens made his first appearance at Villa Park in over two years against Wolves. And, um, and yeah, Edens and Suarez give, give Smith the tools to, to spend big, haven't they? And Deepa hasn't had the squad to do that this season for, for a number of issues. So, a lot of people thinking about Amy Buendia. He was spoken about in the, in the press conference around the broadcast section. He said his running, running stats are off the chart, Pat. He said his pressing mm -hmm. stats, you like the stats after this. He said uh, running, running numbers are off the chart, high speed numbers, pressing numbers, they're all there now. So, he's getting into the groove of things. And how, how big a sign, how big an impact can Buendia make? From well, yeah, you uh, you mentioned Watkins and Ings earlier, and I thought with Buendia in behind those two, he looked it's probably his best game in the show that I've watched, to be honest. I think he had like two key passes, he had to set Ings up quite well, found him in space. I think another day as well, if Ings is high on confidence, he just dispatches that where the keeper is, he chose yeah. the wrong side, hadn't he? But yeah, Buendia had like a 90% pass accuracy, he was occupying that little pocket of space in behind the strikers, picking the ball up, turning, playing it out, progressing. I think he had seven progressive carries as well. I think it was the most he's had in a Villa shirt. So it was just a quite a promising performance. And obviously he chose Villa over Arsenal in the summer. It's quite well documented, I think. With this, like I mentioned earlier, Arsenal don't press you. I think they've got the third lowest press in the league. They're going to let you play. They're going to give you space. So, like said, for, Yeah, so if he's occupying the space or... You try and get Bailey in as well if he's, I don't know if he's fully fit to start or whatever, but if he's on the pitch and you get these players that are quality on the ball, I think we can do more than like compete with Arsenal. I think we can cause them loads of problems, to be honest. I think it'll start, it'll open up space for Watkins as well, who loves a goal against Arsenal. And I think it'll just start clicking if it, if we uh, get them all playing on Friday. Totally. Um, Arsenal player Villa wanted desperately in the summer was Emil Smith Rowe. 
So he'd be rejected. Um, so they'd bump a new contract in the end, Smith Rowe. Under 21 international alongside Jacob Ramsey now. Special player, Pat. Um, have, you, have you seen much of him this season? And have really missed a trick there? Or, like you say, got Buendia to, to call upon for the creativeness in midfield? And have really missed a trick not getting Smith Rowe? It's one of those, isn't it? It's, grass isn't always green. I, I'm completely happy that we signed Buendia. I think Emil Smith Rowe, as good as he is, I watched him against Spurs when he scored in the North London yeah. derby. I think he was, he's quite bright there. He gets forward, he causes problems, he creates chances. He got a bit of a swagger about him as well with his socks down to his ankles like someone else. But but um yeah, I think I don't think he's as versatile as Buendia. So I, I can't see him like being able to play number eight or put, doing the defensive work that Buendia does. I think he's creative enough and like he does the same job as Buendia, but Buendia just does a bit more for me, to be honest. So would yeah. would have been another string to Villas Bow, like you say previously, but I'm fine not having him, it's fine. I wasn't too fussed when we missed out on him. Yeah, you could see what Villa went after him. I mean, he fits, he fits the brief big time. He brings it young English talent coming through. The contract situation was, was dwindling at the time. And I think Villa went quite aggressive to get him. Um, I think Arsenal just put the put the catch in front of him in the end. They said, sign this. And uh, he did so. So, um, yeah, Villa were quite aggressive to try and get him through. Didn't, didn't turn out. And, but the squad's looking healthy now, like we've said. Um, what you do look at um, uh, from summer, sorry. Is uh, you see what they were going for in terms of the set pieces and why they were pursuing James Ward Prowse, can't you? Yes, it was like no one, re- everyone was like, Oh, it's not the, the midfielder you need, we needed an offensive one and enforcer. But now you, you see how dangerous we are from set pieces, you kind of see why we were pushing for Ward Prowse, to yeah. be honest. Imagine him whipping those balls in, exactly. But it's up the other end, though, Pat, isn't it? Yeah. Is Courtney Hall's coming back in for you, or will he stick with Axel against Alabamiang and people like that, personally? Like I said, I said it before the Spurs game as well. I said five at the back might not be the the formation to play against these pacey strikers that get in behind and cause prob- problems for everyone. Because like the way the way Son exploited us in those like the space between Cash and Conza and then Conza and Mings, it's just there's just quite a lot of space for like quality strikers to operate within. So yeah. if Aubameyang's in there, I'm, it might be the game for Smith to move away from the five at the back. To be honest, so four three three. But like someone, I think the last. Live, you did. Someone commented saying, "Oh, five at the back suits away from home." So it's one of those. He might, he might stick with it, and I can see why he might stick with it because away from home, obviously, it's a tough game. But if there was a game to move into the four-three-three and play the likes of Traore, Bailey, Buendia further forward and get quality on the ball, this would probably be that one for me. Lovely. I'm going to get to Ethan's comments here. I think Dan's put up the video up. You can get it. Uh, obviously, went down last week to the Inner City Academy. So the latest is with that. I think Dan's going to get a video up for us. We see what happened. Yeah. Hello, mate. Oh, big boy. I didn't, re- I didn't realise you were in your car. So we've boxed up the area. It's going to be here now. You see it on the left. In the Inner City Academy. Indoor dome. One outdoor. AstroTurf pitch. Offices, changing facilities. Um, a hub for the parents and and carers, coaching, there's going to be equipment storage and whatnot. So, so yeah, um, big plans. So it's a couple of Villa coaches, they called it game changing. So um, Stone Throw from Villa Park. The kids will be seeing Villa Park and the old end just behind them. So it's re- really good for the area, you know, and for, and for the kids coming coming through. They want to play there one day and I'll put, put that little bit extra in, do you know what I mean, to, to make it. So really good and, um, and that's about it, I think. 
say I'm not really one to make a comment to be fair. That's so true. Probably try on there. But it's definitely been confirmed now. Yeah, yeah, we'll go through, yeah. I received a mixed bag of responses from residents living just yards from where the new academy will be built, which is currently used as a match day car park for Villa Park staff. Residents either didn't know anything about the plans or against the idea of a new academy. Yeah, so it's not going to be ideal, but what can you do? Yeah. Yeah, there's bigger powers at play, isn't there? So yeah. if they're going to do whatever they're going to do, that's it. You're just going to sit and grin and bear it. We're all for it. With Joanne, the carer, telling me it'd be great for getting kids off the streets. It gives them something to do. Yes. Definitely. Gets them off the streets. Yeah, perfect. I don't, I've got no objections to it at all. Love that. Yeah, brilliant. The brilliant gainer and Debbie of Balls and Babs Cafe. Even joked they'd be removing the chain link fences to get workers access to their bacon and sausage sandwiches quicker. The response was positive, knowing this new site featuring indoor dome pitch, outdoor pitch, office and facilities, plus a 400 space car park, will completely improve what's there today. Knowing Villa can put the next Jack Grealish, Gabby Bonlahor, Tony Daly, Gary Shaw or Cameron Archer from just a stone's throw away from Villa Park. So we've got, I've got a real mixed bag really. Um, so a couple of businesses are, are all for it. Clean up the area, it is quite an eyesore. I won't repeat what they what they called it, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So, and the one resident there, Joanne, spoke really lovely about it. Boys, girls, football. It's going to improve the area. Nice for them as well. So, yeah, really, really positive uh, morning here down in Witten. I think you're probably the subtitles for the last bit, but yeah, we have Vox Pop down there, and it's imminent, Ethan. So thanks for your, thanks for your question there. Just going everywhere with this one now. Matt Smith, yes, about El Garza. We spoke about him yesterday, didn't we, Pat? Um, Eighteen million quid's the What's been banded about of late? Roma's still keen on him. That that, that rumour's stuck for months now. So, um, a, bit, a bit harsh on the old Ronaldo McDonald comment, uh, Matt. But yeah, um, what do you see Al Ghazi's future? He's sat on the bench for the last five games straight now. Hasn't got any minutes. I mean, what do you see him now, now in the pecking order, Pat? Al Ghazi? He's, he's quite unique, isn't he? He's, he? Obviously, his position is a winger, but he, he's not like Bailey and Traore who are going to burst past your man and create for someone else. He's kind of He's a bit of a one-trick pony, really, isn't he? Cuts inside and shoots or just does something like that. He's, he's quite an attacking winger. He's kind of like a wide forward, more like that, to be honest. But I, I love Al Ghazi. I mean, he scored the playoff final goal. I think he scored more Premier League goals than any other Villa player. The goal, the first win back in the Premier League, that one took the roof off Villa Park. He scored a lot of important goals. <clears throat> Stepped up a bit last year when uh, Grealish was injured. A few, like won a few, won the Everton game. I think with that curling effort that, towards yeah. the end of the season. I, I really like him. It would be sad to see him go, but if he's if he's after regular game time, I can't see it coming any anytime soon. But you know, with Bailey Triori coming in, Philogene Bedes breaking through. It's just one of those. I mean, he's not he's not even opposed to waiting for his chances. Yeah, I think it happened last year where he just patiently waited. People weren't really talking about him. The Wolves game away, and then he came on as a sub. I think everyone was going, oh, it's just the like-for-like -like substitute again. And wins, wins the game, as he usually does from the penalty spot. He's, that's a unique ability that he has, to be honest. Probably adds a few million on the price tag if he, uh, if he does go. His ability from the penalty spot. So, yeah, if he wants football, then I'd probably say, yeah, January transfer, probably. Yeah, I mean, a lot of football to be played from now until January. He didn't score Wolves until December 12th, so he'll be desperate to make an impact from off the bench. He scored five five in his three games this season, obviously, majority coming in the Cup. But yeah, um, interesting times ahead for old Anwar. Uh, Leon Bailey, man, he's the fan favourite at the moment. We managed to get tickets for West Ham. Jay asked Sunday, uh, Sunday coming, my son's first game. He keeps going on about Leon Bailey. Is there an update about on him and, and will he be fit? He loves him. We all love him. He's only played 80 minutes. I mean, 
just give us, he's just teasing us, wasn't he? We want to see more of him now. And hopefully he's back, back uh, off the back of his injury troubles now. And he can play a big, big part tomorrow at Arsenal. So much to like about Bailey. You know, he's a new pace in this league. He's got pace in abundance. He's got a hammer of a left foot as well. So get him involved in it. I'm sure he'll make a difference. 30 million quid. Even at this early stage, he's looking quite decent value considering the other transfer fees banded about. So, yeah, hopefully he's in a run of form now. He's had a disruptive start. He got a hamstring injury for the Gold Cup playing in Jamaica and then uh, come back and then hit the ball so hard against Everton. He, he injured himself. So, so yeah, I want to see more, more, of, uh, more of Bailey, to be honest. Some more transfer stuff coming in from Matt here. Alvarez and Hickey. What's what is about Alvarez, Pat? I mean, you, you've wrote, wrote him out quite a lot. Um, his playing style. Is that, is that a deal that can happen? Is that fit the brief that Villa asked for? And I'll give my comments on Hickey afterwards. It's one of those. I think if El Ghazi does make way, I think it opens up the door for a, another versatile forward that can play out wide and go up top. I think if Villa are going to continue with this, this 3-5-2 and they want more options moving forward and increase the depth in the squad, then it could happen, to be honest, because I think last Monday he played a, in a 4-4-2 and scored a hat-trick. And his team were 1-0 down and then within minutes his movement and with it, he scored a hat-trick instantly. I think it was right foot, left foot and then a, a near impossible finish towards the end of the game. Just squeezed it past it. I don't know how he did it. But yeah, his movement, he's got passing ability, he's got a burst of pace, he's good on the ball. I think I read a report the other day that's labelling the next Aguero. So, yeah. <laughs> one of those. You know, I think Juan Pablo Angel was a uh, success from River Plate or whatever it is. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but yeah, if he does make the move, then the Villa probably needs to do it fast because I think AC Milan are after him as well. But his contract is running out. And I think there's a £20 million release clause that might, might get him cheaper in January if they did go for him. But yeah. That's one of them. I think I think you, you lots of our guys we have to move out first and then probably Alvaro yeah. comes in as a younger replacement. So yeah, Aaron Hickey, yeah, Aaron Hickey left back at Bologna, Glaswegian. I mean, teenager, fits the brief Villa are asking for for a, a full back to, to to rival target. Villa have been linked extensively with him. Um and yeah, I can see that happening either in January or the summertime. I think Villa have monitoring for a while now, even before he went to Bologna from Hart. So yeah, I think he'll fit in. No, no, logs him well, Austin McPhee. I think he works with with Hearts as well. So that one that looking likely to be honest, whether Villa press ahead with the deal in January or the way until the summer. Obviously, when Young probably moves on and then needs to replenish that department. But yeah, Hickey's top of Villa's list at the moment in terms of left back cover and, and rivaling target in future seasons. So whether the deal can get done there, I'm not quite sure uh, just yet. But yeah, I think we'll he I th- sorry, mate. I think he plays wing back quite a lot for, equ- yeah. uh, for Bologna as well. So if Villa are going to continue with this five-three-two um, or move forward with it and want it as a real option, and Smith maybe doesn't see target as a wing back but a, like a solid left back, then maybe that's the option they need at uh, left wing back. So yeah, Scottish got um, some good um, a good line of left wing backs, haven't they? and we'll see tomorrow. Andy Robertson at Liverpool, and hopefully Hickey's the next one to, to come, about, come come from that. So yeah. I'm all for that transfer. I think Villa need a young, young up and coming uh, left back to come in, freshen things up, and with a high ceiling value kind of thing. So that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Another deal that made a lot of sense, Pat, was, was letting Horahan go. Um, John Rise is here. Yeah, Horahan struggling at Sheffield United. He got hooked off before half time in the week. And um, yeah, decision vindicated. Yeah, players in the cycles at clubs. Horahan had his, and he's trying to kickstart his career back at a level he knows well. So 
that deal made sense in the summer, letting, it, letting him leave and he'll walk away for free uh, next summer. So, yeah. And yeah, we'll end it there then, Pat. Um, quick 20 minute roundup of all things Villa there. Spoken about a few few topics. And I'll be on, I guess I'll be on after the uh, Arsenal game tomorrow, about 10 ish or whatever. And we'll see where, see where we're at then. So, getting close to the, t- the 10 game mark, aren't we? Um, mm-hmm. Lost four of eight so far. So, we need a couple of results coming in. Three games left before the next international break. And hopefully, Villa are sitting pretty beyond then. So, yeah, we'll leave it there then, Pat. Thanks very much for joining. Sure. No problem, uh, I'll see everyone over the weekend and whatnot, and hopefully positive result Friday. You can bounce into the weekend then. And it's always three yeah. points after anyway, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's move on from last week's sharpish and hopefully that, that continues. So Joanne, Matt, Darren, John, Neil, Terry, Danny, thanks for joining. And uh we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Yeah.